What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chickens. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the... You know what? (laughs) It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard run pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. We... Are live from the University of Akron. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. And I am contractually obligated to say the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. My name is Matt Kramuka. I will be your host this Sunday. I am filling in for Logan Congrove. And uh, I am joined here by two wonderful co-hosts of mine. It is the birthday boy to my left. He's in sunglasses, but now he took off his sunglasses. It's my first SPT with this man. It's Logan Buchanan. Hello, hello. How are we doing today, guys? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm okay. I mean, you know, it was a nice birthday. And we're just trying to, you know, figure everything out right now. Yeah, it seems like our microphones have some static, but it's both of them, maybe even all three of them. So, uh, this is wonderful. So, my apologies. Uh, we'll see if we can figure this out. Mitch, Mitch Bates is also in here with us. Mitch, how are you doing today? Yeah, I love microphone static. Oh, so we went away now. Wait, oh, no one's back. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it, that, that's kind of just how it is for us right now, guys. That's... I think we've all had a pretty busy week just talking with Logan before the show. Mitch, I know you were pretty busy this week and all, too. Uh, but, yeah, guys, we have an exciting show to get to. Hopefully the uh, static clears up a bit. Uh, but let's get right into what we are going to be discussing today. Uh, the Sorry, Logan, you just looked at me funny. Uh, right off the rip, we're going to get into some Cleveland Guardians talk momentarily. And after that, some college football previews, including the Akron Zips themselves. Uh, And then an hour of NFL talk, uh, NFL preseason kicked off this week. And to finish off the show, 30 consecutive minutes of Cleveland Browns talk. Mitch was at training camp on Wednesday. We have press conference audio for wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea, uh, defensive end Obo Karanquo, and starting quarterback Deshaun Watson. So it'll be a great show. Make sure to stay tuned for all of that. But guys, right off the rip, uh, we'll start with the Guardians, like I said. Third baseman Jose Ramirez, his three-game suspension for his altercation with Tim Anderson was reduced from three games down to two. Ramirez will be serving his suspension uh, yesterday and will conclude it today. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on just uh, Jose's situation uh, and just your your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, personally, though.
yeah, it just never made sense to me that the the fight even happened, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw it from all angles. It looked like a normal slide into second base. Uh, and to be honest, looking at what Jose's been doing, trying to kind of carry the Guardians for a long time, he kind of needed a break, you know? He was in the All-Star weekend, and he just needed a little rest time. So this might have been a blessing in disguise getting uh, this two-game suspension. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that completely. Uh, Mitch, anything from you? Uh, yeah, I enjoy seeing fights in any sport, and I know that's not really a great fan thing of me to do, but I enjoy no, I some good that. fights. Oh, yeah. it's In football, they've been limiting them a lot with the contact and all the all the rules that they've been making. And baseball, I feel like you never see fights. So we finally got a nice little nice little scrap here. Someone got dropped. I thought UFC 292 was this coming weekend, mm. but we got a sneak peek. <laughs> no, just with the whole Tim Anderson thing, man, like how is like not even just like as I don't want to sound like toxically masculine when I say this, like not just like not just as a man, but just as a person. How how can you start a fight, swing first? And then just get knocked out completely. Yeah. How does how does that happen? I mean, we, we we talked about it last week, I believe, that both of them did not look like fighters in this situation. <laughs> yeah. uh, but luckily for us Cleveland fans, the Guardians were on top. Well, you know, like Jose Ramirez, <laughs> uh, someone actually brought up an interview with him. It was uh, when he was in his earlier days. Uh, he was interviewed by... Uh, I forget who he was interviewed by, but he was talking about just growing up in the Dominican Republic, how he had to uh, hit mm-hmm. or be hit. Uh, so, you know, Jose was, you know, he was trained to fight, so. Yeah, and like, I, I, he posted up pretty pretty nicely, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that uh, was that was awesome to see. I just, I love Jose Ramirez so much, and now to just know that he can knock the most hated player. <laughs> like, the most, like, I don't, I know you guys aren't the biggest baseball guys, but just picture, like, Draymond Green at, like, the peak of his oh, arrogance. Yeah. That's what Tim Anderson <laughs> yeah. is uh, to Major League Baseball. Like, oh, so, he's actually, he's that's, on a bad team. I, he's I wonder, more like, he's more like the Patrick Beverly yeah. of Major League oh, that's Baseball. True. Every, he is just. Yeah, because I didn't even really see any words. I mean, there might have been words said. I'm guessing it would have been from him because I don't think Jose would have said anything. No, I don't think so either. And, like, I, I'm not, I don't know where Tim Anderson's from. And, like, I just, I know Jose still has an interpreter. So, I mean, what Anderson had to have said to him must have really crossed yeah. the language gap that there was there, too. It's just, how, how do you, how, how do you swing first and get knocked <laughs> out, man? Just like, you're really, really upset about that your one. Aren't integrity. You? <laughs> oh, boy. Ugh. <laughs> oh. But yeah, but yeah, let's okay. So you know, Jose uh, did not play last night. Mm-hmm. Won't play today. Gabriel Arias started for him last night. Expected to start today. Uh, but Jose Ramirez did play throughout the bulk of this week. Uh, the Guardians had a series with the Toronto Blue Jays and are in the midst of a series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, let's talk about the Blue Jays series first because this was probably uh, the greatest microcosm for this entire team season right here, where it's just incredibly incredibly frustrating Mm -hmm. uh game one of the series uh gavin williams was basically flawless Uh, he went seven shutout innings uh 12 strikeouts and allowed just one hit the entire day however ernie de los santos just decided to ruin all of that Uh, he gave up two runs in the eighth and nick sandland uh wanted to add insult to injury giving up another run in the ninth inning Mm -hmm. uh you know the guardians Take, pretend to be surprised here. They couldn't score late. Uh, didn't score late. Bo Naylor had the only RBI for the Guardians on the day. 
and the Guardians combined for just five hits in the game one three one loss. Mm-hmm. Now, game two, surprisingly, they won this game. Uh, not surprisingly, only scored one run, one nothing <laughs> win. Uh, just like that, a rookie pitcher uh, went seven shutout innings while his offense did practically nothing for him. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Bybee was on the mound uh, for game two. Uh, he w- struck out six batters, allowed six hits, and did not allow a run. Uh, the Guardians somehow won this game, collecting only three hits on the day. They just strung them together consecutively. The uh, Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and it, we're not it, good. It, it's just disappointing. I mean, we've been talking about how we have such good talent around our team right now, yes. especially in our pitchers. Our young pitchers are just doing amazing, but then the offense can't capitalize on it. Allen I mean, and Bybee, oh, sorry, Gavin Williams mm-hmm. and Bybee are both rookies. Like, and, they, they were brought up uh, in May and June. And, and, like, what are, they can't do anything else. I mean, seven no. shutout innings, what else are they supposed to do? Of, like, Gavin Williams was practically perfect, allowing one hit through seven innings, and then just the bullpen comes in with mm-hmm. a disaster class. And nothing. It, nothing. It, 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 it's not even just disappointing. It's disrespectful to the rookie pitchers. Yeah, and then here's another thing. So back to game two. Uh, the Guardians signed uh, Raymond Loreno mm-hmm. off of waivers this week, and he's the only one that drove in the RBI and the and the uh, one nothing. Yeah. Win. So if we didn't bring him in, would we have gone into overtime and had a zero zero game well, until today? Would've, probably would have went into extras. <laughs> went into extras for forever, and you know, just had another bullpen uh, disaster where they blow another game for us. Uh, game three. Losing again. Mm. One to nothing. Another mm. shutout in this. Logan Allen was on the mound. Uh, he allowed a solo home run in the first, but after that, went, uh, did not allow a run the rest of the game. Went five total innings, striking out three. Uh, he only allowed five hits, too, man. Like Again, like yes, he allowed that that run. Yeah, but, but. Like, a, a one a one nothing deficit in the first inning should not be like the coffin. Exactly. Like that should not be the nail in the coffin Absolutely. for a professional franchise. It, it's, it's so, uh, it's demor. I, I'm it's every D word there could be. It's demoralizing. It's disrespectful. It's disappointing. It's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> it's Thanks dumb. Mitch. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> was, was so silent this whole segment. And he just, I, found <laughs> I found my moment. You found it. You got it. I found my moment. He found his voice. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are such a fun dynamic listening to you guys. I I love that like I'm finally like on a show with both of you. Well, okay, this is my first show with you. I know. We've well, we had the big uh, Jake one, but we weren't side by side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We everyone was on that. Yeah, one. yeah. Okay, but yeah, this is fun. I'm having fun so far. That's what we're, we do here. We're not even talking about our favorite sports yet, and we're having fun. But uh, yeah, all right. Let's get back into it. Game four of this series. Game four of the series was a 4-3 win. Noah Syndergaard picked up his first win as a Cleveland Guardian, going 5.2 innings, allowing six hits, one earned run, and striking out five. Uh, newly brought up shortstop Brian Rocchio had a bit of a coming-out party. Uh, he had two hits, two RBIs, and scoring a run of his own. And Emmanuel Classe was actually able to get a save against the Blue Jays, striking out two in the ninth inning to pick up said save. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we split the series with them, uh, two games to two, scoring five whole runs in a four-game series and somehow don't lose it. I don't know how we keep getting away with this because this does not seem like we've been... This is kind of like the calling card for this franchise and it doesn't make sense. It, it's the calling card for Cleveland, in my opinion. Like, yeah. it, it's... 
it's hope, 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 and then all of a sudden, just instant downfall, and then hope, 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 instant downfall, and like we're always in it, but then we're not in it. Yeah, I feel like another problem with the Guardians as a team is when they start a new series, they always seem to start slow. And it's not just the offense, it's the team as a whole when they lose like the first two games of the series and then they try to build up momentum again. It's just there's no momentum to be had with this team besides the young pitching that we've been seeing a little bit of success in. No, a lot of success. Yeah, incredible success. Yeah. But it's it's getting overwashed by the fact that the rest of the team, and we have some pretty big names too that are supposed to be making plays that are not making plays. And that I mean, both of our big free agent acquisitions, Josh Bell made it just over half the season. Mike Zanino barely makes it a third of the way, and they are you know out of Cleveland and either onto different ball clubs or on their couch. So, yeah, it's it's sad to see, and the team is still in a pretty good position as far as competing for the division which is shocking but yeah it, the the most disappointing thing to me especially with this division is we should not be getting beaten by the twins theoretically the jays i'm in our division. Oh, oh you're t- oh sorry you're talking yeah in our division apologies. okay because uh the, the 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 twins in my opinion aren't Better than us. We're both trying to hand each other the division. Like, ha- have you seen that <laughs> South Park episode where they're both playing Little League and none of them want to win because it means they have to play, <laughs> play another <more>. tournament? <laughs> and it, like, that's basically what the AL Central is in it's, 2023, where it's like, I don't want to play in October yeah, here. It Minis- feels like that. Here, Minnesota, take our spot. It no, feels no, Cle- like that. Oh, Cleveland, no, 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 we don't no, want to no, play. You have you our have spot. Yeah. No, no, it's my, it's my pleasure. I, I insist. You, we I insist. insist. Yeah. We, we have to practice at being bad. It, it's so disappointing when you look on paper because it's such a good team. It's just we can't figure it out. It's we- a good team in theory, yeah. But, you know, right now, I mean, you know, Josh Naylor, he is sort of been our entire offense this year. He's on the oh, injured absolutely. he's on the injured list for an undetermined amount of time. His injury has a mm. lot of vary to it. And, you know, Jose obviously not playing today against one of the best uh, pitching rotations in the majors. It's just not a recipe for success at the worst, worst potential time. Yeah, I I mean, there's never a good time for this, but you would think as we're getting nearer and nearer to the end of the season, as we're getting closer to the series, you think we would pull it together by now. And, you know, like a common talking point, at least like something like I've heard on other stations or what I try to like have myself believe in, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Last year at this time, we caught fire, and it was perfect. And yeah. just this year, we're just, we're not even, like, smoldering. There's not even a spark. <laughs> There's not even flame. embers, nothing. It's kind of like, we're no like flurries. Smokey the Bear. We prevented the forest fire. <laughs> <laughs> we're like water right now. Smoke, we're, we're Lake water. Erie. Uh, you know, climate change. Lake Erie is actually flooded into uh, progressive <laughs> Uh Yeah. <laughs> there is no fire in this ball club because Lake Erie has tarnished it. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah, but uh, another fun thing you guys brought, we brought up earlier just uh, how successful this young uh, pitching group is. Since the All-Star break, uh, we have allowed the lowest ERA in all of Major League Baseball. It's just two and a half runs per game, uh, but the offense is 28th mm-hmm. in the majors mm-hmm. since the All-Star break. We are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum and we are just bottoming out right now. It's it, it's sad to see. It's like... um. 
You know in like a, a video game, like a like a 2K or a Madden, where you have uh, points to put into your rookie? Yes. Imagine if you had points to put into a team. We put all of it into our defense <laughs> and none of it into our offense. No, no, none, because like our ownership just does not want to spend money on anything. See, like, you know, outfield is where, you know, your power is supposed to come from. Yeah. I love Stephen Kwan. I'm not, I'm not trying to slander Stephen Kwan here, but, you know, he's he's a contact hitter. He's hit maybe, what, I think five home runs this year. Miles Straw hit his first home run in nearly two years, and Will Brennan is just, he's a contact guy. There's no power anywhere on this lineup outside of Josh Naylor, and he's not even leading the team in home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, catching Bo Naylor still... You know, an up-and-coming prospect. I can't put too much on him. Cam Gallagher's a liability at the plate. And, you know, Mike Zanino, that experiment was just a disaster. Like, there's just there's so many holes on this team. And it's so unfortunate because, like you said, Logan, we put, like, well, I think myself, I put a lot of stock into this team because last October was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, that Rays series, that was incredible. That Yankees, that taking them to five games, that was one of like just the best like sports series I watched all of last year. Just a great time. I mean, you can say that honestly about any, I mean, Guardians or Indians series. Like when we put it all together, if we don't even need a great offense and defense, if we have just a good offense and defense, we're an amazing team. Yeah, we're an amazing franchise. But we just can't seem to put it together in the regular season. And at the rate we are, I don't even know if I want us to make the series because it's just going to disappoint me again. A postseason loss, man, that would be just... It would mean, like, we would have... We would host a three-game playoff series. Probably the Yankees Mm -hmm. or the Orioles. Like, whoever doesn't win the AL East Mm -hmm. would come to Cleveland and just boat race us for two games. It would would not be a competitive series. Mm -hmm. Ah, man, it's just... It's unfortunate. Now, again, we're doom and gloom here, but uh, let's talk about a little more of a bright spot. Uh, our top prospect, Brian Rocchio. Mm. Uh, not necessarily his major league debut, but he's getting like cons- uh, consistent playing time this week. He played a couple of games in April and May, but this is his first like you know week in the majors, mm-hmm. so I'm going to classify it as his debut. I feel it. Uh, He's hit 250 since coming up. Seven hits, four of them were extra base hits, two RBIs, and a score two runs. Uh, he had a couple errors in the Blue Jays series. Uh, he was playing third base, kind of out of position for him. He played shortstop in the Guardians farm system, so not really going to fault him there, but I'm happy with what I've seen from him so far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, not only like so far, but looking at him as a future prospect, like I think he's going to do amazing things uh, either for the Guardians or you know if or, we, or someone else. Yes, because <laughs> the, the famous Paul Dolan quote: "Enjoy him while you can." Yeah, because we know the Cleveland Guardians love to have an amazing prospect and just give him away. Yes, just trade them for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> Don't trade them with two years of team control. No. Trade them on an expiring contract <laughs> for more prospects. It's so disappointing, dude. Yeah. I, I, I hope. I mean, like, look at our team. If we can just keep this team for three more years, I think we can win a title. Because we have that much talent. We have that much talent. We just need to figure it out. That's all they need to do is figure out what's going wrong and Somehow, guys like us, who are sitting here at a radio station in Akron, yeah. understand the problems, but everyone else doesn't. 
I would like to think that they understand them, but it's more of a difficulty of they don't know how to fix them. Especially when you're strapped for cash. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, guys, let's get into this Ray series a little bit. We're going to kind of speed run this because I do have a fun game I want to play with you guys mm-hmm. that I've come up with. All right, so game one of the series was uh, Friday night, a 9-8 to eight loss. Xavier uh, and Curry got the start for the Guardians, gave up five runs through five innings. Uh, the Guardians found themselves down big early, but unlike the Toronto series, they actually found a way to rally. Uh, a miracle happened, and Miles Straw hit his first home run in nearly two full seasons uh, to bring the Guardians within three. Uh, in the ninth, the Guardians rallied to tie the game, scoring three runs, not by RBIs, but by three wild pitches from Tampa Bay's bullpen to tie the game at eights. However, uh, Vander Franco hit a walk-off home run to squash the Guardians' comeback in the bottom of the ninth. And last night, the Guardians lost 6-5 to five again. Gavin Williams, again, tell me if you've heard this story before. Mm. A great start. Five innings, ten strikeouts, five hits, one run allowed. Uh, but the bullpen blew another game. Emmanuel Classe gave up three runs in the bottom of the ninth, and the Guardians were walked off for a second night in a row. Because I think the big uh, story from this Tampa Bay series, more of just for comedy's sake, was uh, Miles Straw hit his first home run mm-hmm. in 716 days. <laughs> Nearly two full years. So mm-hmm. I present with you guys a game where I'm going to give you two linked events, <laughs> either in history, politics, pop culture, sports. Cool. And you're going to tell me, is the length between these events longer or shorter than Miles Straw's home run drought? Perfect. Are you guys ready? I am so ready. All right. First, I have nine of these. Ooh. All right. So first of Ooh. these, the days between both of President Donald Trump's impeachments, was it, more, <laughs> was, it, was it more or less than 716 days apart? Oh, I'm going to go... It was less. Yeah, less. It was it was way less. It okay. was, his impeachments yeah. were 391 days okay. apart. All right. Next one. The entirety of the War of 1812. <laughs> <laughs> the length of the War of 1812. Higher or lower? 716 days. Mm. Anything higher. that you're thinking? Higher? Higher. I, I think it's higher, too. Both I of you it. are correct. Uh, it was 974 I was going to say, days. I'm pretty sure the War of 1812 wasn't just from No, it was 1812 <laughs> yeah. to January of 1815. Okay. All right. All right. 1815? 15, yes. Oh, so three? Wow. Just over two, yeah. Okay. All right. The entire length of Warren G. Harding's presidency. Oh. Warren, was he one of I can't remember if he was assassinated or not. I don't think I don't think he was assassinated, but he did die during office. Oh, okay, that's yeah. I think shorter than Logan. Because that would so a normal term is four years, correct? So it, it's, well, it's clearly less than four years. Yes. Of asking <laughs> um. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna go more. I'll go more. It was the over uh, Warren G. Harding's presidency was 881. Yeah, let's go. All right, here we go. Some pop culture ones. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna play both sides here. Uh, it'll even out. I promise. The days between Kanye West's "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" and Yeezus being released. I don't listen to any Kanye West. Okay. I think it's less. It is over. It was oh. 939 days between my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, fantasy and Jesus. All right, I was on sweep. I was going for it. All right, no here else. we go. This one. This one's to balance out the Kanye. All right, <laughs> days between Taylor Swift releasing "Red" 
1989. Oh. Less. We have one for last, Logan. I don't like how you look. Do you know when Red came out? I mean, like, I looked it up. I mean, okay, they're both in October of that year. October of 2012 and October of 2014. This is the closest one I found. I'm going to go less. It was over 725 days, beating Miles Straw's drought by nine days. All right. <laughs> now we're getting into we're getting into a couple sports ones. Uh the length of Jamarcus Russell's tenure in the NFL from being drafted to being released More. by the Raiders. More. Wait. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, he wasn't in the league for So do you say more or less than seven hundred and sixteen days? I'd go oh, over. Le- less. Uh, less? Well, I'm, one I'm pretty sa- sure one less. says less, one says over. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with it. So you say over? Yeah. Jamarcus Russell, it is over. He was in the league for 1,104 days. to me, Mitch. Come wow. on. How many play? Uh, <laughs> I'm not counting about that. He was getting paid by... He, he had an NFL check for 1,100 days. Fair right. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. The days in between the Cleveland Browns winless streak from 2016 to 2018, over under 716 oh, days. Oh, man. That's... I'm going to go less, but not by a lot. Okay. I'm going to say over, not by a lot. It is under 635 days That's was the close. length between their uh, win against the Chargers on Christmas Eve and uh, that game against the Jets in 2018. You can't hang with me, Mitch. Logan. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> All right. Another, another, <laughs> another Cleveland Browns one. The length between Deshaun Watson's last start as a Texan and his first start as a Brown, over under 716 days. Oh, I should know this number. It's is, over. It's over. I was going to say, is it close? It's close. Okay. It's over. I'll go over, too. It's under 700 days on the dot. See, every time I Whoa, stick with see, you. I saw you looking at me, and I got nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you guys, are, you, are you guys, like, fans of the MCU by chance? Yeah. Okay, I no. I know these two movies because my uh, six year old nephew is absolutely obsessed with these Spider Man movies. This, like days between Spider Man Homecoming and Spider Man Far From Home being released, over under seven hundred sixteen days. Are you googling Logan? You can't do that. He is playing with he my. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay. It's less though. Wait, hold on. Homecoming and Far From Home. Homecoming, homecoming and Far From Home, yeah. Homecoming. I promise they're the... Se- I'm not skipping a movie. They're like the sequential ones. No, I know, okay. I know. Homecoming would have been in 2018, 2017. Again, it's the, same, it's the same thing with the Taylor Swift ones. Both came out in the same month as each other, two yeah. years apart. This is the... It, this is... Oh, it was... I thought it was... Okay, I was trying to, like, sequence it out. Um, This is, like... Right on the two. I remember, it, I remember it being a long time, but that's just like because I probably like the movie so much. So I'm gonna go with over. It is over 725 days. I'm so bad what at this. What we do, man, is what we do. Yeah. So that is what happened. That's what happened. Uh, <laughs> in between Miles Straw, Cleveland Guardians, everyday starting outfielders, last two major league home well, No, not in between. That's stuff that has gone more or less. Yes. Miles Straw's home run drop. Let's say I don't think the War of eighteen twelve no. happened, didn't that? <laughs> no, that, that happened in eighteen twelve to eighteen fifteen, not two thousand twenty one to twenty three. Oh boy, oh boy, it's it, 
Hey, we've all had a pretty stressful week, man. My brain's not working all that well, clearly. Uh. All right, but one last thing before we guys go to before we go to break, guys. <laughs> Our MLB Player of the Week, a Yo. segment made famous by Jake Murren. I'm going to get right into it. We'll just speed run this because we're up against the break. This is a sympathy vote. Gavin Williams, uh, he pitched 12 innings this week, 22 strikeouts, allowing just one run and six hits this entire week. Uh, however, he went 0-2 as a starter because he has no help. So, Gavin Williams, I'm sorry. That's my sympathy vote. Yeah, I'm going to make a little interesting pick. Many people may not agree with me, but I think Matt Olson. Oh, you. I should have gone. I pointed to you for to let you go first, <laughs> and I should have gone first. Anyways, mm. like I was saying, Matt Olson and his first is his team is first in the NL East, and you can forget about the not great pitching because he just became the MLB leader in home runs. Yes. I think that deserves some recognition. He's, he's also the first for RBIs, too. Nice. He's just an offense. Are, are you guys sharing one? I, yeah, that was mine. And I was, like, I was like, I'll let Mitch go first. You know, not <laughs> yeah, the baseball. He can just copy mine. I can end up, like, go through my stats, and then I just got outshined. Yeah, you can yeah. copy mine. It's fine. All right, guys. Oh, okay. Who, who, won the, uh, who won the game that we just played? I think it was me. I think it was you, but it was close. Short I don't think it was memory. close either. I have short-term memory. I don't know. Well, <laughs> hey, you know what? Someone wants to go listen to SPT Rewind tomorrow morning. Absolutely. You can tell us. Just tag us on Twitter. <laughs> okay, but when we come back, speaking of Twitter, it's going to be our famous hot mic segment. Still time to get your questions in, so ask us at Z88Sports on Twitter. Or now X, because Elon Musk decided to change it. Uh, stick around on 88.1. We'll be back. Welcome back to segment number two of Sports Power Talk. My name is Matt Pramuka, and I am your host this Sunday, filling in for Logan Congrove. Joining me, he is 21 years old today. I forgot to wish him happy birthday in the intro. It is the it is one of the two guys here that can pull off sunglasses inside. It is Logan Buchanan. That's what we do, man. Thank you. Thank happy, you for the... happy birthday. I I'm sorry I forgot it. 30 minutes ago. The microphone static yeah, kind of threw know, me off. It happens. We all got a little thrown off. But you know what? We adapt here at SBT. We adapt here at WZIP. You know how we adapted? We unplugged it and plugged it back in. <laughs> Sounds perfect. That's yes. what we do, you know? I was told to do that this week, actually. Uh, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. You know, I, I took the law school admissions test, and mm-hmm. there was I took it online, and the proctor service just crashed. And oh, I had to call no. Their, I had to call their helpline, and uh, this older gentleman just asked me, like, just full-on dead serious, have you tried turning off your computer <laughs> and turning it back on? I'm like, sir, I can't connect with the proctor. It's not my computer. Mm-hmm. But I, anyway... I digress, guys. Let's get right into our famous segment. Segment. Hey, I don't think I got introduced. Oh, Mitch, dude, I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> I'm, is that what we're doing today? Dude, you, See, you uh, it's because said, you lost earlier. You That's barely why. said anything the first segment. I forgot you were there. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, I said well, the only other guy that can pull off sunglasses inside. That was all you needed. Both you, of these. That's all I get. And that's all I need. Yeah, I think that's a great. I think that's a great compliment. Like pulling off sunglasses inside. Yeah, that's a power move. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm here too, guys. So hello, everyone. Mitch, I'm sorry, dude. This is just. <laughs> we're on the struggle bus here. <laughs> this is. This is something. <laughs> this. This is a day. Anyway, let's get right into our first hot mic question. Uh, first question comes from Dan Groen. Who are some under the radar players that could make the Browns' 53 man roster? Mitch, I'll throw yeah. it to you first. You got to go to training camp this week. You got to go to the game Friday night. Uh, what have you seen from this team? I mean, you got you have a little more in-depth view than the rest of us here. 
Yeah, it was really interesting to go there and see the team work. And I heard a lot of words about positives and negatives from certain spots on the roster. And I heard that the receiving room does have a lot of talent kind of near the bottom that could make waves and make the roster. And I think Austin Watkins, who's number 80. Sammy Watkins' cousin. Oh, is it? Yeah, he is, actually. Yeah, he is. I did not know that, but uh, Deshaun Watson himself had a lot of good things to say about Austin Watkins during the presser. Mm -hmm. And he's a big-body receiver. He's 6'3", 210. So he's more of a jump ball kind of guy. And I think guys like that can start to make waves on the roster while the Browns' receiving corp is not... It's not extremely deep, and Elijah Moore just had an injury, so... Yeah, yeah, we're... (laughs) Health, baby. Yeah, I'll do, like... I think Ronnie Hickman had a great game Friday night. I think he could be someone under the radar. Like, D'Anthony Bell was our last safety on the roster last year. I think he and Bell could battle it out for that final spot again. I'd still give the nod to D'Anthony Bell, and I think DTR could actually make, like, the 53-man roster. DTR has looked incredible in the preseason so far. Yeah, I love I love how DTR looks, and mm-hmm. he's definitely going to get the backup quarterback role. I think I don't think it'll be close. All right, next one comes from our super fan. He is now <laughs> Logan Congrove's biggest fan at Whoa. Logan Congrove a goat. That feels so weird to it say. Does. It yeah, does. It's not says, true either. <laughs> <laughs> The Ravens have just won their 24th straight preseason game. To put that into perspective, the last time they lost a preseason game, I was in second grade. Uh, he's going to drop me, Logan, and Pat's age. I was about to say, how does he know this information? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I would know. be scared, Matt. This he's is, coming for you. Dude just doxed my age. <laughs> Live on the air. Well, we don't know. You well, could have failed no, a few I'm, grades. I'm not. I no. I my mom's a K five teacher, dude. If I if I got below like a B in anything up until like sixth grade, oh oh oh, it would be a rough day for Matthew Scott from Yucca. Oh, but all right. That's not a question, but like uh, more. Oh, oh so, sorry. Here's his question. Crazy, right? Oh. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It, yes. Was, it is crazy. It was three presidents ago. That's Barack Barack Obama was still president last time they lost the <laughs> wow. preseason game. Wow. Who was Josh McCallum was the Browns starting quarterback. Deshaun Watson was still in Clemson. Lamar was in Louisville. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I think CJ Stroud still might have been like CJ Stroud might have been a freshman in high school. <laughs> so weird. Wow. wow That's weird to think about. Okay, you know, I did the exact same thing. I just accused Jake Murray to go to doing. Hey, CJ Stroud's age is public. Okay. All right. Uh, next question comes from another member of ours, Lana Sow. Where do you rank Zippy out of all the college mascots? I mean, she she's puts, the GOAT. She puts uh, Zippy at number one. She's the best. There is nothing I love more. I've, Zippy is my, like, 1A, 1B mascot. There's nothing I love more than playing NCAA 14 mascot mash-off <laughs> where I play Zippy versus Stanford, so it's trees with no arm <laughs> against a kangaroo. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. It is the best. Yeah, I agree. Zippy's at the top. Uh, she's not an electric chicken, so she's got the upper hand there. Zippy stay winning. Zippy's the goat, man. <laughs> she is. Well, she's she's the roux, but she's the goat. She's the goat. The world's the world's best marsupial. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly. All right, another question from Logan Congrove's biggest fan. First player that comes to mind when I say the Minnesota Twins. 
I, I, I don't know. <laughs> pass. I'm just passing. I plead the fifth, Mister uh, Mister Congrove's biggest fan. All right. Next question is from the same guy, Logan Congrove's biggest fan. Uh, who do you think will be the worst team in the MAC for football this fall? Uh, I think Northern Illinois. I think they're going to be the bottom feeders, either them or Eastern Michigan. You I know, can see Bowling Green too. Yes. Bowling Green Solid. so bad. You know, this just might be my pure hatred because I've not looked at any stats for this team okay. uh, because I refuse to, uh, but Kent State. They lost everybody. <laughs> okay, their head, good. Their head, so, their head so, coach went to go be Deion Sanders' coordinator. Their quarterback So this pick isn't just uh, Logan's hatred. It is, yeah. it is valid. It, it's to an extent. Okay. Also, like the hatred, like you know, we're Akron yeah. fans. We're allowed to say so. You know, <laughs> dare I say, blasphemous stuff like that. Whoa! Whoa. He's pulling out his lawyer words. Bla- blasphemous? <laughs> yeah. Anything it's that's more like religious. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. I guess. Last question from Logan Congro's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Logan, you're you're a soccer guy, right? Yes. All right. This question's for you, definitely. Then. All right. Who's winning the Premier League? Ooh. So. If you had Pat standing here, he'd probably say Arsenal. He's a huge Arsenal fan. I can picture him right right behind you. Yeah. yeah. Your shoulder. <laughs> um, but he's he's probably not going to like me too much for this one. I actually think Newcastle is going to pull away with this one. Okay. Can't say anything to elaborate on that or challenge you, so I'll just I'll take your <laughs> I agree. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Last two questions come from Marcus Anderson. He asked, if the Cleveland Guardians were a person, who would this team be? I saw this one. This was the only hot mic question I saw last night. Yeah. I think Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I think it's Nicolas Cage because this team, they're notorious for being broke. They have that one Yo. hit. They have that one. <laughs> they have that one hit wonder where it's like, oh, you know, National Treasure was pretty good. Oh, that 2016 team was pretty, pretty good. good. It was great. Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean National Treasure was pretty We're good? Steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to steal the American League pennant. <laughs> Um, for me, I think the Cleveland Guardians would be Jared Leto because every time I see a Jared Leto trailer for a new movie, I'm like, that movie's gonna be amazing. He's back, and then it's <laughs> it's awful. You know, I I was on the same wavelength as you. Uh, I I just kind of went Evan Mobley. Oh, Evan, Mobley? Evan Mobley. I feel like what? Evan Mobley. There, there's the flashes, and oh. oh, he's here to stay now. And then it's the inconsistency, oh, wow. and it's the. The let down. I I got, put, that's like disgraceful to that's, Evan Mobley. It's double Cleveland sports slander. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's hey, that's what funny. came to mind. That's hey, I mean everyone's got their opinion. All right. Everyone's then, got their opinion. <laughs> all right, last question for Marcus. This will uh, finish hot mic. With all of the NFL throwback uniforms we will see this season, what is one old school NFL uniform you demand to see brought back to life? Honestly, most of mine are back. The mm-hmm. Oilers, the Eagles, Kelly Green, the Patriots red. Like, I am very, like, the Seahawks especially, I'm very, like, satisfied with all I've seen. Like, yeah, I, I especially this year, um, this throwbacks. Was the, this was the summer of throwbacks. It, this, dare I say, the most aesthetically pleasing absolutely. NFL offseason of all time. Absolutely. Uh, the, oh, I got I one. don't have okay. one in mind. I'm going to just say... I love a nice, just clean white jersey. Yeah. Or just a pure black jersey. You know, I do have one that just came to mind. The New Orleans Saints gold pants. They don't oh, wear gold pants gold anymore. Pants. When, like, they won the Super Bowl with Breeze yep. and, like, they had Reggie Bush, they, they just stopped wearing gold pants. Mm-hmm. So that's the one. 
that's like the smallest caveat I have because yeah. I'm so happy with this offseason. You, you have one. You know, I'm not sure if these count as throwbacks. Okay. <laughs> how, I was like, how long is a throwback? Yeah. As long, I, I guess it's just not a uniform currently in use. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> the Bumblebees for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. <laughs> I would love to see these again. You know, the three oh. Bs, Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown rock these jerseys. Oh. Back Big. in the Ryan Shazier, Lawrence Timmons days. Those were so ugly, but <laughs> those you were beautiful. No, but you knew when you saw the Pittsburgh Steelers wearing those at like the <laughs> Look at them. It's so bad. No, they don't. You just knew when you you put on CBS at 425 Eastern in November, and you saw the Steelers wearing those, you know that was going to be like the ugliest 26-point offensive performance you've ever seen. This looks like they were going to win. This looks like a D-tier high school team. Let's just stop the slander. What are you going to do if you see Heath Miller rocking one of those sprinting at you? I'm going to laugh. Yeah, That's okay. What I'm do. Uh, yeah, yeah and, see how far and, that yeah, gets. Heath Miller's going to go score a touchdown. What do you? What do you? If you do, if you're like you're Pat McAfee and you see Troy Polamalu lined up in the C cap wearing one of those, Pat's going to pull an Antonio Brown get we, kicked in the face. We are kicking. <laughs> we are kicking it. We are kicking. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm glad someone knew the uh, C gap story there. Thank you, yeah, Mitch. Thank perfect. you. Target audience reach. Looking. <laughs> <laughs> It looks so bad. They're what? such bad uniforms. Dude. And that's the one you want back? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they get updated a little bit. They oh, updated? They need to get thrown in the trash. Oh, man. There's a reason they're not worn anymore. Oh, man. We, <laughs> <laughs> we are so derailed right now. I love it. Uh. You know what? Derailment sounds like deregulation. And you know what? Has it been regulated? Gambling and professional Whoa, sports. Whoa, segue. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring it back. Let's okay. bring it back. Let's You're the one that threw this Sorry. Off. Sorry. All right. Okay. <laughs> Big news coming out in the sports gambling world this week as Penn Entertainment has so, has relinquished their rights to Barstool Sports and has instead spent $1.5 billion to collaborate with ESPN to open a sports book. Uh, you know, I have to ask this, guys. This is a news network that is now going to be profiting off of gambling and everything like that. So mm-hmm. guys like Adam Schefter, uh, Woj, like all of these, like all of these people that work for this network Ugh. that have to act with quote unquote the company's interest in mind mm-hmm. and are the ones that share news about professional sports teams and like therefore like lines and everything, they're going to be you know, paid by now basically. A sports book. Like, yeah. I want to ask, like, what are your guys' thoughts on, like, the ethics of this? And, like, do you even feel comfortable gambling, like, if, like, when <laughs> well, this opens? Well, first off, I never feel confident well, or comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I am you, always stressed you, about everything. Have you, seen, have you seen, like, that one, uh, it's a scene from The Hangover, but it's on a flag. It's like, I don't go gambling. I go winning. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do not so go much. winning. Um, ah, oh, man. Yeah. So uh, another, like, an example of this. All right, so the NBA draft. Mitch, I think we were on that show together. Uh, Sham Shirani, basically. So Shams works for FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Like, he is employed by them and Yahoo Sports. Uh, it looked like uh, Scoot Henderson. No, no, who was the, who was the guy oh, they actually yeah. drafted? Who was the one they actually drafted? 
Was Who? it Brandon, Brandon Miller? Miller? So, oh, the Hornets? Yeah. So prior to the draft, Brandon Miller was like a minus 1,500 favorite. Mm-hmm. If you know betting, like that is like mm-hmm. slam, slam dunk. And then the morning of the draft, Sham Sharani tweets that Scoot Henderson is still in the mix, and it's roughly, it's it's closer than people think. Mm-hmm. And the line went from minus 1,500 to Brandon Miller being the draft pick there to Scoot Henderson being the favorite an hour and a half before the draft, mm-hmm. costing th- like people thousands, I, I don't know the exact amount, but just thousands of dollars right there, hundreds of thousands like the ethics of this, this is this is entering a like this is going to open up such a can of worms in terms yeah. of just the sports yeah. betting industry. It, it's so rough because a simple solution would just be oh, just don't show the betting odds. But then, if you're the one doing but it, like when so your ESPN. You have Monday Night Football. Yeah. Your entire pregame show, like, you're just going to have, like, you know, when they have that score line, go, like, the, uh, what's it called, the ticker underneath? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's going to have, instead of just what happened, it's going to have, you know, like, a Dolphins minus three versus the yeah. Bills. Like, it's, it, it's, it's such a bad idea. The only way it would be okay is just not having it promoted on air, but... But why you, would you do that as a business? But when that's going to be your biggest source exactly. of income, like you are running a sports book, like ESPN, they're partnering with a couple of others right now. Like they're going to have their own, and that's going to like that's going to mm-hmm. that's going to lead to some problems here. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if like you guys kind of like answered this though, but like would you feel like safe just like either like reading news no. from these insiders, even like <clears throat> with that information, oh, like even no. betting on it? I mean. I, not even just this, but in any any sport, any type of thing similar to this, there's always going to be people getting bribed to do something or forced to do something by their boss to yeah. change outcomes. And, and no, I don't feel safe. Yeah. All right. So you know, another kind of like a consequence of this, uh, it's it's kind of going to serve as a segue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been a big big sports betting scandal amongst the Iowa and Iowa State football teams uh and both uh both these teams in Iowa State starting quarterback uh Hunter Deckers running back Jarrell Brock defensive lineman Isaiah Lee tight end Deshaun Deshaun Herica I believe lineman Jacob Remsburg were all charged with tampering of records in the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations probe so and their their kickers also speculated to be involved in this. These people were actively betting on their own games in which they were playing in. Yeah, like the Iowa one. There's like a really big. It's it's there's a suit filed against their kicker. I'll explain that one in a second. But this is just <laughs> and like, do you guys think it's possible that just the future of sports? I'm not saying like I'm not trying to be like conspiracy theory here, but like at some capacity, just um, even to like the most minor degree, do you think there could be some intentional rigging of sports amongst like the players absolutely and the the reason behind that is there's no way to not regulate it because yeah. you could you could force your players not to have uh well, accounts but what about their family members what about well, their here's friends the thing. that's that's exactly what's happening with the, uh yeah happening with the nfl you know a lot of states have legalized sports betting this january the lions had a lot of their players suspended because they were making bets at the team facility mm-hmm. not on uh, the NFL or their games, but just on other sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the Colts player uh, that was uh, indefinitely banned from the NFL, mm-hmm. he had a, a relative and one of his friends 
actually do the betting on his games. So he to him he himself was not betting on himself per se, but with the infi- yeah, inside information he possesses as a NFL player, yeah. he told people, "Hey, you know, I mean, this. what if what if there's a uh, an option of playtime, right? How many minutes a guy gets during mm-hmm. that game?" The players are going to know that. Like, what dude, I what think, if the coaches start doing I it? I think, what if you're like, like, let's just, I'll use the Browns for an example, right? What if you're like, uh, again, this is a complete hypothetical. I'm not saying anyone's actually going to do this. What if you're Amari Cooper mm-hmm. and your line was like, all right, you know what? I'm playing a bad secondary this week. My line is at 92 and a half yards. And it's like, I get a catch in the open field. I have the first down. I'm just going to run out of bounds and not get this extra seven yards because I don't want the over to hit mm-hmm. or something like, again, that's a complete hypothetical. I'm not but trying to. But it can happen. Like mm-hmm. that, that's definitely something I could see happening. And that's absolutely you know, scary to think about. Yeah, it just opens up so many doors for so many like scary behind the scenes things. And I think it was important what you said about, oh, what if the coaches start exactly. doing it? You know what else is scary? What if the refs? Start doing it. Oh, I mean, people who call the game. Okay, so have you guys seen this like one skit? I think it's where it's like if refs played fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. I hate how like how that actually is going to come about because you know the whole joke in that is the players are also you know gambling on themselves, Mm -hmm. but that's actually happening. Mm -hmm. We've had like a dozen NFL players and now a dozen college football players just from two teams suspended over this. Like this is really scary for just the integrity of sports. Well, the integrity of sports, but also like, like I said, there's no way to regulate it because you can just go through second, third sources Mm -hmm. and get the money that way. Yeah. I I mean, there has to be like a real crackdown on this too, man. This is, I just don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. It makes it so corrupt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. But yeah, guys, all right, well, let's, let's talk a bit more like some more happier. I hope you got me down, Matt. Okay. Well, let's talk about our Akron zips. Let's, let's lift. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Love the optimism, Mitch. Love it. Really. Really feeling the love in the air. No, no, I look. No, let's. I'll just let you take it away. I'll give you my reactions. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Okay. We're really just trying to just be negative, Nancy's here this morning. All right. Uh, But yeah, uh, this segment. Well, this little segment was inspired by something uh, Pat Weber sent to our group chat. He sent something from Twitter by Big Game Boomer, Mm -hmm. uh, where it predicted the Akron Zips to go to the Bahamas Bowl, and you know that really got me thinking, like. Could the Zips be making a bit of a run this year? Because they were ranked the number one recruiting class in the MAC this season. Mm-hmm. A lot of other teams got worse, and I really, like, I just have a lot of faith in Coach Joe Moorhead. Just his experience, he is so overqualified for yeah. this job. I was just thinking about all the places he's coached. He's he's coached Saquon Barkley and Mike Isicki. He's been the offensive coordinator at Oregon. He was the head coach of an SEC team for several years. Like the MAC really should not. It's not going to keep him stumped for long. Mm-hmm. So, but you know what else I can tell you is the coach don't make the team, and yeah. we've seen Akron. We've had days of hope in the past, and then it'll be struggles with the offensive line, inconsistent quarterback play. You know, the defense has been such a big problem for so many years in a row, mm-hmm. and and so's the L line, man. We are man. It's. It's, it's, they're just human turnstiles, all of our <laughs> front five and our front seven. Yeah, I understand hope, but as far as going to a bowl game, because 
How, how many games would you say we would have to win to make it to that bowl, bowl game? Bowl eligible is six and six. Seven, mm. seven almost puts you into one for sure. There's always like that one team that gets unlucky and can't make it at seven and five. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope that's not us. But even us jumping to a 500 record, like ugh, I don't, I don't want to act like I have no hope because I know ugh. we have a lot of talent. And I know that the recruiting class. I I saw the recruiting class. I know that it's extremely strong, but it's yeah. say, it's hard to believe until I see it. I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to, as Sava said in the preview, we're going to gaslight ourselves into a Zips bowl game. So all right, let's let's Perfect. do a live record prediction right off the rip. Week one at Temple, I that is a loss. Yep. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> I I think we all do because I all think right. Temple's yeah. making a run this year. Week two against Morgan State, an FCS team. That's a win. That's a win. Yeah, absolutely. All right, these th- these next two. Week three at Kentucky and week four at Indiana. Those two are, wins. <laughs> those are two losses. So I, I'm going to say whoa, whoa, if there was know. ever an upset oh, no, no, to no, happen no, this this If there was ever an upset for this season, it's one of these two games. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... It's one of these two games. Oh, dude, you just you just incriminated yourself with the worst Athens mistake <laughs> of the no, season. I'm I'm not saying there is going to be an upset. So but you say if it were to happen, if it were to happen, okay. it'd be right here. The biggest upset. Okay, it would be right it. there. I honestly think our biggest upset would be Week Five against Buffalo. I have that as a loss, and I currently have the Zips at one and four through five games. Yeah, Buffalo's tough. Buffalo's good, man. They're my they're my favorites to win the MAC. Yeah, Buffalo got a lot of good. Logan, players. you think they can be Buffalo? No. Okay. I, I'm, <laughs> now, no. <laughs> here's here's where my delusion begins. Okay. Week six versus Northern Illinois. Week seven versus Central Michigan. Uh, week eight uh, versus Bowling Green. Week nine versus Kent State. All of those are wins. And we go back to 500 on a four-game winning streak and are five and five going into our last two. I agree with you. Uh, I uh, No problems for me. Man. Oh. that's It's so tough for me to believe that we're just going to go on a four-straight game win streak. Well, I, well okay, so I have us losing to Miami after that, but mm-hmm. then beating Eastern Michigan and beating Ohio in the final game to go to 7-5 and five and bowl eligible. I think it could happen. I do, too. I think we may even be able to go 8-4 and four if one of those upsets happen. Oh, That's, boy. Okay, you know why I could see it happening? Delusion. It, no, not delusion. Okay. <laughs> it's how many times recently uh, in college sports have we seen a – Big team go up against a really small team. I'm saying Akron's a small team right now. We are, yeah. And lose because they underestimated them. I have not seen that since 2007 when App State beat Michigan. I'm I'm just saying, we saw it in, what was it, March Madness last year where a 16 seed beat. This is football, man. I know, but I'm saying, we've (laughs) seen college sports happen like this. Kentucky's sending guys to the NFL. I'm just saying. We're sending guys to... I'm just saying, Matthew. We're sending guys to accounting firms. I'm just saying. (laughs) If it were to happen, it'd be either Kentucky or Indiana because they're going to underestimate the zips. Logan, I'm loving the optimism. I'm loving the hot takes. Mitch, thank you for your realism. We will continue both of these... At the tail end of this song, stick around for the last hour of Sports Power Talk right here on 88.1.
Welcome back to the second and final hour of Sports Power Talk. My name is Matt Permuka. I have been your host today, and I will continue to be your host for this last hour. Joining me for the first hour and continuing with me for the second hour, it's the birthday boy himself, Logan Buchanan. It's what we do, man. It's what we do. What we do. And to my right, he is the man still wearing sunglasses inside, (laughs) and he's still pulling it off. It's Mitch Bates. I got an intro this time. <laughs> Dude, How's I've been going? so bad with intro. I've been so bad with intros just like since I've started hosting these things. Like <laughs> the, my first hosting thing, I just forgot to completely name who was on the show with me. <laughs> I'll figure it out. It took me until like literally today to like introduce people past the first seg like just past the intro. I forgot you at the first half hour break. That was still the farthest I've gotten with remembering to introduce people. So this is, <laughs> I'm setting records here. I'll you know, say you're making progress. You know, a little self-deprecating humor never wins. It, no, it's always a little nice to have. But. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some college football entirely. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was this. Uh, sorry, Mike. This. I hope you guys cannot hear the microphone static at home because it is just driving us crazy in here. I can hear my own thoughts echo. It's it's not a it's not a fun experience right now in the in the ears and mind of Matt Bermuda. Uh, all right, Michigan Wolverines head coach Jim Harbaugh uh, was negotiating a four game suspension with the NCAA for recruiting violations during a dead period. However. Uh, that negotiation has since broken off, and the NCAA is going to continue their investigation into Harbaugh and his recruiting violations, uh, leaving Harbaugh with a potential suspension to be dropped at any second and could be more than the four games initially negotiated. So uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on how could this impact Michigan with a potential midseason suspension with Jim Harbaugh coming down at any minute? Yeah, I, it, it's weird with Michigan... Uh, because, you know, they, they're always projected kind of high, in my opinion, that I, I think we're still looking at them in the top three right now, maybe even top two, that this suspension's just, I think it's going to throw them for a complete loop. Yeah, uh, I mean, Harbaugh's one of the best coaches, arguably, in college football, but... Michigan's just a team that's going to be built to win every single year with or without the coach. And I think Michigan will have some great replacements for Harbaugh, and they'll have a plan set in place. But to be suspended over the four games seems kind of nuts to me. I've never seen – okay, well, okay, I take this back. I've only ever seen one other person help negotiate their own punishment, (laughs) and that was Deshaun Watson. So it's – New weird precedent we are setting in football of all levels. If you do something wrong, you can actually say, no, I want less time served. But um, <laughs> Please. But yeah. Your uh, Honor, nuh-uh. <laughs> it's like, you wasn't yeah. even there, Your Honor. Like, no. Like, they call you in four. That's not me. <laughs> it wasn't me, nah, literally. Promise. Okay. But, but yeah, no, Michigan, I... I, I don't know how big of an impact this can have on them. I mean, they're still returning or start running back Blake Corum, uh, quarterback J.J. McCarthy, even if Harbaugh suspended midseason and he doesn't, like as long as he doesn't miss the Ohio State or Penn State games, I really don't think there's anything to worry about for the Wolverines mm-hmm. because they are a bona fide top five team in college football. I was going to say, I, I saw a ranking this morning where I'm pretty sure they're ranked number one going into uh, the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So... 
at least in the Big Ten, they have to be the favorites. Man, they've yeah. beaten Ohio State convincingly the past it, two years. It just it's it's really going to come down to if the players can play without that like leader above them. Yeah, uh, and who they get to replace them, and yet, like that's like another thing you bring up because I think in college football it's like that a lot more. Where like you need like a powerful figurehead at the top, yes. and that you're not necessarily motivated just by. Like, in college, it's not your job. You still need that rah rah kind of guy yes. at times, and that's where guys like Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh are really great I mean, for college football, and not maybe not necessarily the NFL. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. think these guys are our age, yeah, and so they're not like the tenured veterans that can go out there and make the plays on the spot, call mm-hmm. the game how it should be. They need that overarching figure to tell them, hey, calm down, you know, look or at this, like, look at this. It's either call, like, calm them down, fire them up. You yes, know, exactly. Like, they need uh, that overarching figure, whoever he may be. Yeah, more of like a guide than anything. Exactly. Yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. Any more thoughts from you, Mitch? Uh, Yeah, I completely agree with everything you guys are saying. And I think that Michigan will be perfectly fine without him, for the record. And I do agree with you that the games that would really have a bigger scope on them would be Penn State and Ohio State. Mm -hmm. I think those are the two games they could realistically lose. But they've had a handle on them for past two years, like you said. It's it's crazy. It's it's so weird to watch. It's a weird time. See, it's, it's, it's... I, like when it's the Big Ten championship and it's not Ohio State, like, like my like my developmental football years from like 2011 <laughs> to like 2020, I'm like, okay, you know what? It's the ch- it's conference week. I'm going to watch Ohio State just obliterate Iowa, you know or Nebraska, am- or Purdue. You know now it's amazing. Michigan doing that. You know what's Sorry, amazing? Uh, protruding to my family. Yeah, uh, half of my family. Diehard Ohio State fans. Oh, you're the split house. The other half, <laughs> diehard Michigan oh, fans. Oh, boy. So I have grown up in a split. That is the game you watch no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're yep. working. You are watching that game. That's Saturday after Thanksgiving. That's that's the real family game. Yep, <laughs> There's such an is. energy. There's such oh. an energy to that game. Oh, like Even dude. if you didn't watch a single game the whole season, you're going to watch exactly. that game. Look, man, I give college football... A lot of like heat just for like its lack of parity. Mm-hmm. Rivalry week, that chef's kiss. Absolutely, best mm-hmm. week, one of the best weeks in all of sports outside of like that week in March where the Masters and March Madness overlap. Rivalry week in college football mm-hmm. is my favorite weekend in all of sports. I will just oh Ohio <laughs> State, Ohio State, Michigan, Iron Bowl after that, ACC championship at night. You cannot beat that. Oh no, that is immaculate all the way around. All right, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into some more uh, things that aren't so immaculate. Uh, <laughs> the Pac-12's funeral, guys. Uh, Oregon and Washington are officially heading to the Big Ten during the 2024 season. Uh, so what led to this was USC and UCLA, obviously, already announced they were leaving the Big Ten. And the Pac-12's media rights negotiations was up for a new contract. The current deal the Pac-12 has with ESPN and the one the other teams wanted to keep was a $250 million million a year deal. Mm -hmm. Each school would get the same. However, what Oregon and Washington wanted was a deal with Apple TV where it would be based off of the revenue they would receive would be based off how many streams in which they received. Mm -hmm. So obviously Mm -hmm. them being the two most popular schools in that country, they thought that would be more beneficial to them. However, the rest of the schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Stanford, uh, 
not fans of that at all. Mm-hmm. They they rejected the Apple TV deal and immediately after Oregon and Washington <laughs> left the conference. <laughs> and so now the Pac-12 is now just the Pac-4 uh, with Washington <laughs> State, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford left. Mm-hmm. So in just two years, one of the most historic conferences in college football history has lost USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington to the Big Ten. And the Big Ten will have 18 teams once the 2024 <laughs> season kicks off. The Big 18. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think if they just add two more teams, they can be the Big Ten and just the two conferences each have 10 teams. Yeah. So it'd work out. But yeah, right now it's just all sorts of chaotic. So I, this is a really open-ended question, but what are you just thoughts on the Pac-12's collapse. Yeah, I think it's extremely sad to see, and it reminds you how much of a business football really mm-hmm. is, but you know, I think it's good and bad for different reasons. I think it's good because the competition level that we're going to see in football when those top Pac-12 teams start playing the top Big Ten teams. Can you imagine UCLA coming to Iowa in November and they see snow and a fullback? <laughs> it's going to be a culture shock. Those, those it's going to so, be great. Those SoCal boys are not going to know what hit them. <laughs> oh you, you just think about the matchups too. Ohio State, Oregon. Mm-hmm. That's been big when they've played each other in the past. And yeah, fun fact: Joe Moorhead was Oregon's offensive coordinator when really? Oregon beat Ohio State. Oh, I remember that game. Yeah, Joe Moorhead was the uh, OC for Oregon that day. Yeah, it's it's just it's good competition wise, but also for the uh, Pac Four. It's not great. <laughs> Pour one out for the Pac-4. Yeah, I, I can even see, like, those teams coming to the Big Ten, too, and like you guys kind of said, making the, the big the big, the big 10s. The Big 22. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, I honestly respect <laughs> the teams who wanted the Apple deal. Yeah, Oregon I, and Washington. It, it, it makes sense. I mean, if you're, if you're bringing in streams, why would you want a set deal? Why wouldn't you want a fluctuating deal by the higher paid streams i it, i understand both sides though. absolutely i do understand because both like, sides. again you're like the smaller school again like mm-hmm. you know akron compared to like some like let's compare us to like ohio state we're yes. a small school compared to yes. them i still think like we're still like smaller than like an arizona or arizona state but of like comparable size mm-hmm. like that money man that funds the entire university like that funds everything like our two games against kentucky and indiana that's gonna bring our university like four million dollars yes just because I, of that TV deal alone, like, I understand why the schools wanted a certain deal like that, but now they're kind of like, they're, they're like homeless. They can't absorb the Mountain West. They might have to go to the Big 12 or Big 10, but I don't know if they have enough, like, clout or prestige to be admitted. Yeah, I'm, uh, like you said, Mitch, football's a business. Any sport's a business. You, you're looking out for what's going to bring you the most money, the most revenue, and so I respect everyone's decision in this, and now I'm looking forward to seeing... You know, like you said, the match the matchups is what I'm most interested in. You know, uh, who are we going to see teams that may have never faced each other or only faced each other once or twice in the postseason? Yeah, yeah. I feel so bad for the smaller teams too because not only do they not have the money to like stay afloat, but they also have no recruiting power as far as bringing players in that can change things around. They're not being taken seriously. There's no legitimacy. Like, if you were, like, 
if you were Stanford or Cal, like you could say, hey, look, you know, we had guys like Jared Goff and mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. The Pac-12 is still a legit conference. Now it's not. Uh-huh. They have nothing. And like, they have nothing to offer. No. And, like, the Big 12, man, they're losing Oklahoma. They're going to be losing none of the SEC. Like, they had to bring in Cincinnati, but it's, uh Yeah, as a player, there's no reason to look at that school and say, I'm going to pick you over Texas, Oklahoma, any other big-ticket school. That's oh, absolutely. Way more money, too, because money is such a big deal now in college football absolutely. for the players, too. Getting those NIL deals. Oh, I know. It's getting outrageous. Very much so. Logan, anything more from you? No, like I said, just the matchups are going to be really interesting, but I'm also interested to see if this is going to send a wave through the college culture. And like you said, are players going to be looking at these teams as highly as they would have you know, a few months ago when this wasn't happening? I don't think so. Yeah, again, um, and another thing that I remembered earlier, um, I want to take a quick victory lap last year because there was a show last August or September where we were talking about college football. It was me, Jake, and it was someone else with dark hair. It was either Pat, Alex, <laughs> or uh, or Logan. And they were talking about how uh, just this conference realignment was a great thing for college football and how it brings so much parity. Uh, but now that we're actually seeing it in effect – I was clowned up and down when I said I wanted the BCS bowl system back. Mm -hmm. Jake looked at me like I had just said the most absurd (laughs) statement he'd ever heard. Whoever else was with me also thought it was a complete, complete ice cold take. But every day, every day since then, I've been proven more and more right. So Mm. bring back the BCS. It's good to be right, doesn't it? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, guys. But let's get right back into it. One more college football segment. We are about two weeks away from week zero and three weeks away from week one. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be a bit of a fun thing to do if we did our own little preseason top ten poll. Oh. So we'll go in like ten to one order. I think that's that's, that's ascending order. That's that's the right word. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I'm, uh, these microphones are making me not think. Yeah, we're doing the best we can. We're, we're, doing, uh, we're sorry. I, both of them are so staticky. <laughs> I can't make you guys share because then we still have static, and then I can't think because they're static. <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's just stat, and now when I say static, static's gone. So as soon as I stop talking, oh, here's back. the static. Here it again. is. Right. It'll be back. All right. As soon as all right, let's get into our. <laughs> Let's get into our preseason top ten, guys. Okay. Admits to all the static in our ears. Mitch, I'll throw it to you first. Your tenth team in your hypothetical preseason poll. Yeah, I have Penn State. And Penn State is always going to have a tough time because they have to play Ohio State. They have to play Michigan. Those are their hardest games every single season. But Drew Aller coming in. Mr. Ohio yeah, from Medina, Medina County. It's he is the real deal. That's all I'm gonna say. Penn State oh, always dude. has a good defense. Drew, oh yeah, Drew. Sorry, I'm just saying. Like I could not watch Sean Clifford play football. He was so infuriating to watch. He just was. He was not good. He was so inconsistent. And then I think that's his problem. Now they have a real quarterback coming in because you know he's from Ohio. Everyone from Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Everyone from Ohio's great. That fixes it. But yeah, oh, yeah. I got Penn State ten. Ugh. <laughs> okay, yeah, Logan, you at 10. How about that? Your 10th team. My 10th team. 
this is hard, man. I'm not even like lying to Mostly because we can't think also because it, there's so much static in our ears. Yeah. Oh. Uh, tenth? Yes. Ten, one, zero, ten. <laughs> Roman numeral X. I'm going to go with Florida State. Okay. I'm now, they're, they're, they're a team that's getting a lot of preseason hype. I, I think the hype is a little bit too much. Well, last time they hyped this team up, it was when they had, like, DeAndre Francois quarterback in, like, 2018, and then mm-hmm. they played, like, Bama week one and were, like, <laughs> humiliated, and then, like, Francois <laughs> fell off the face of the earth. So, yeah. I, I, I need to see the uh, Florida. I, I need to see Florida State like a month into the season, not have like a really terrible loss on their resume, uh, for me to take them as legitimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, my tenth team, strictly for clout purposes, is the <laughs> Texas Longhorns. The uh, Quinn Ewers versus Arch Manning quarterback battle. I think that's going to draw a lot of people's attention. Uh, Quinn Ewers played really well last year until his injury. I think Steve Sarkeesian's an okay coach. They gave Bama a pretty good fight last year. I think Texas can be a player in the SEC. All right, number nine, same order. Mitch, back to you. Yeah, number nine, I had Tennessee. And I like their quarterback situation right now with Joe Milton. Joe Milton. I, I like love it. Joe Milton so much. That t- The movie Oppenheimer, it's not about building a <laughs> nuclear bomb. It's about building Joe Milton's arm. <laughs> I have become I have become death, destroyer of defenses. You know, the atomic bomb has like a three-mile radius. So does Joe Milton's arm. Dude can throw a football probably 105 yards, and I'm not kidding when I say that. Yeah, he's a great quarterback, and they had to move on from Hendon Hooker. They moved on from receivers like Tillman, who's now in Cleveland. Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt, who's in New York. And they did lose a lot of their offensive threats in that aspect, but I think Milton will be able to keep the ship afloat. And so I long, see them ninth. As long as they can run fast, he can throw it to them. As long as they can run faster than a safety, they will be in the end zone, I promise. They have a good chance. <laughs> yes. All right, Logan, your ninth team in college football. Yeah, I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this because this is a bit of a personal personal team for me. It's okay. Akron, um, isn't it? No, no, it is not Akron. <laughs> the 8-4 right. and four Akron Zips are going to finish it, it's eighth one, in the AP poll. Uh, the guy who got me into football and college football, he's diehard Notre Dame fan. Thank so. you. No, I was going to do that because I'm a Notre Dame fan because if I wasn't, my grandmother would roll over in her grave. Yeah, so I couldn't do that because I was going to put them at 10, but I'm like, Texas would destroy them. I, I have Notre Dame at like my hypothetical 13 team. We just mm-hmm. lost... Tyler Buckner, but we have that guy from Wake Forest coming in. I yeah, I have a I have a little bit just you know not even looking at their stats, not looking at who they have coming in or who they would be facing. I'm gonna just I want them in my top ten, and I didn't think about them. I, honestly, I didn't think about them before you know my how, Florida State. You know so. how depressing it is to be a Notre Dame and a Browns fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh yeah, man, we almost man, we almost <laughs> lost to Toledo. And you know now we're and then I'm like okay at least I get to watch the Browns tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So and I'm then actually, you lose by a quintillion to Miami. Or I'm going to retroactively have Notre Dame at ten and Florida State at nine. Okay, because I do think Florida State is better. I'll allow it. I'm the I'm the selection. I appreciate it. I'm the appreciate selection it. committee on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my number nine team, uh, the Clemson Tigers. I know they are currently favored as the second team in the ACC, but I just trust Dabo Sweeney more than I trust uh, Florida State. So. That's why Clemson is uh, my number nine team. Number eight, we'll throw it in reverse order. Birthday boy, I'll throw it back to you. Ooh, well, that's great because I have Clemson at eight. Awesome. <laughs> I have Clemson at eight. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, let's go. 
All right. <laughs> that was, that was well, quick. The worst thing is Matt cannot have Clemson at eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that stinks. I forget. My number eight team, it's a team we've already mentioned, but it's Penn State. Okay. Drew okay. Aller. They already fanboyed over him enough, but mm-hmm. it's well-deserved. So they Penn would, State, they're, they're a contender in the Big Ten. Yeah, they would be higher if they didn't have to play Michigan and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that is a hard, hard. All right. Same order. Maybe this time it'll go a little more prolonged. Yeah, Logan, you're seventh <laughs> team in the country. Uh, for my seventh, uh, for my seventh spot, my short term memory. I can't remember if this team was talked about, but if it was, it's probably for the same reason. It's Tennessee. Yes, yep. it was. That's my seven C two. This is cute, guys. That's what we do. It's what we do oh, up here. Look at man. us. You guys being all in sync, <laughs> Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> only if I can be. Only if okay. I can be Justin Timberlake. This is bye okay. bye bye because that was. <laughs> hey, look, I don't. I'm not being your fool because this game's not for two. There's three of us. Stop, Matt. Stop. What is going on? I made, he doesn't I listen made an insane sync. Matt, Mitch yeah. doesn't listen to right. sync. It's okay. I You're... don't. And my seventh team is Texas. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> All right. What? This is... Dude, this static has really just like killed our brains. This is it, this is incredible radio we're out right here. here. We out here. Every sentence we're just laughing. It's great. All right, number six. I'll start off. I guess number six. My yeah, the USC Trojans. They have Caleb Williams. He's going to be the first pick in the draft. Would not surprise me if just based on Williams' pure talent alone, they make the college football playoff. So, yeah, who'd you have, LB? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, LSU Tigers. Same um, here. I think. Y'all keep taking my picks, all right. man. They're all the same teams, man. They're yeah. just in different order. Yeah. Watch I, the top three be the exact same, too. It, pro- it might be. It might be. No, I just think uh, LSU is going to be a formidable team this year. Not mm-hmm. not breaking top five, but they're still going to be up there and definitely a team to look out for. Well, sticking with uh, like-minded thinking, LSU is my five team. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Do you guys have the same fifth team? Mitch, I'll throw it to you first. Let's see how this goes. Fifth, I had USC. Mitch! Mitchell Bates. I don't need you interrupting my pick. <laughs> I had USC. <laughs> Caleb Williams is a great quarterback. He's going to be the next great NFL quarterback when he gets drafted. Oh, boy. This is fun. <laughs> and I like their their whole offensive threat. You know, they have receiver Mario Williams. I really like him, too. It's just USC, it feels like it's their time, and now it's LB's time to probably steal someone else's pick, so go ahead. Are we going to have the same top four? It's USC. All right. All right. Four, all right, four seed. Let's all say it together. Three, two, one. Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Half, okay. Two of us have the same one. You have Georgia, the defending national champs of four? I do have Georgia there. And wow. Georgia, one of the best defensive fronts in football. There's oh, yeah. No disputing that. Every single year, it's going to be that. I love just like the infographics you see like a couple years out where it's like, oh, this is 2019 Georgia Bulldogs, and like all 11 of them are NFL starters. Yeah, and it's, it's like the crazy. 2020 Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, 11 of those guys, or ten, <laughs> nine of those guys are NFL starters. Two of them are in their senior year. Yeah, I, I think Georgia's tough. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I. I have a little bit of a different feeling. We're not going to match for our top three by how I've been thinking. Okay. Georgia's tough. I just can't see them doing it again this year. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. I mean, they've gone back to back. That's. I mean, I, I just think you have to put them at a spoiler. They're my one seed just out of respect. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. We definitely don't have the same one because wow. Georgia's my third. 
Ohio State's my third. Mitch, who's your third? My third was Ohio State. Oh, look at Mitch stealing the stealing the. Oh, look at Logan <laughs> still talking. Anyway, um, yeah, Ohio State. That's my third. Uh, it's just a quarterback issue for me. I don't know what to think about their quarterback situation. See, I think mm. Kyle McCord can be pretty okay. <laughs> now, nice. can can he win in the big house? I I don't know. I pretty okay with some high praise from you there. <laughs> hey, he can beat Drew Aller at home. Can he beat JJ McCarthy in the big house? You know what's you know what's great about this? My final two is Ohio State and Michigan, and it's going to show you which side of the house I lay on. Whoa! Because you put Ohio State one, didn't you? I put Ohio State at my number two. Ooh! I put Michigan at my number two, but I did as well. Oh. So. Wow. The reason I have Michigan winning, they're just that team. I, I honestly think they're just that team. You have them winning the Natty. You're going to say that right now. Whoa. This is just a preseason top 10. That's it. Michigan is winning <laughs> everything. Oh, boy. They're going all the way, baby. Oh, no. Lock it in, Logan, on his birthday. Oh. That's my that is my birthday wish. As oh. Michigan goes all the way. And what your our birthday present to you is that we don't bring this back over you. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, that's that's our birthday. Could you imagine you. if we they can... like go winless this season? <laughs> no, they'll they'll go like no, they'll go like eleven and like what if they go like eleven and one, lose to Ohio State, and then they're in just like they're in like a New Year's Six bowl, but it's like uh when Ohio State's hoisted up the natty, and you're like. <laughs> Remember when you said Remember the, when, I, when I said the I definitely well, said Ohio State, right? That's what I said. said. Yeah. yeah. So you said sure. your number one team is Michigan, yes. number two Ohio State. Yes. My number one was different from both of you, and it was Alabama. Wow. Really? And yeah. Dude, they don't have a quarterback. They had to poach Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. Thing is, and I, Tommy like they have a new OC. Like Tommy Reese, man, is like really inconsistent. Like <laughs> I watched him every Saturday. His offense scored twenty four against Toledo. Like, his offense was not Alabama. That's also fair. Alabama's got an NFL ready every single position every they're single just, year. They're just NFL ready. Yeah, <laughs> they are they're the literally NFL. the closest thing to an NFL team. I think Ty Simpson at quarterback could create. He could be a Jimmy Garoppolo type thing where it's good enough. And if you put Milrow like, in on running downs, use him Anthony Richardson type. I don't see why you have to stick with one. And yeah. Alabama, their defense every single year is a top-ranked defense. They're pumping out NFL superstars left and right. I mean, you think about the amount of defensive defensive superstars that are in the league right now, and how many of them went to Alabama? I Mm -hmm. think of Cleveland Browns legend Mac Wilson. Oh, uh, (laughs) why? No, I just I hate Mac Wilson. I realized. He was off the Browns before I was on these airwaves, and no one ever actually got to hear my <laughs> Mac Wilson tangents. So. He's on the Patriots now, but... Yeah, he's terrible. But yeah, <laughs> I just think about a ton of Alabama talent in the league. You know, Jonathan oh, Allen, Deron Payne, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know... But former talent doesn't mean current talent. Of course. Yeah, so... And I just yeah. think it's the staff. It's the, mm, it's the vibe gotcha. around Alabama... It's the staff they've built. It's Nick Saban. I can respect that. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Your number one team is Alabama. When we come back from the break, we will talk about the team where Alabama head coach Nick Saban got his big break, the Cleveland Browns. We have 30 more minutes of Cleveland Browns talk right after this. We will have press conference audio and everything courtesy of our own Mitch Bates. So stay here on 88.1. 
Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of Sports Power Talk. My name's Matt Permuka, and I have been your host all morning, and I will continue to be your host for the next 28 minutes. Joining me as always, it is the birthday boy, happy 21st, Logan Buchanan. I'm solidifying it right now. It wasn't just a phase. Michigan's winning it all. And the man that is basically responsible for this entire segment, our (laughs) our unofficial Browns beat reporter. Man, was that training camp at the game Friday and everything. Still wearing his sunglasses inside (laughs) and still pulling them off. Mitch Bates. Yep, I was wearing the sunglasses in Cleveland, too. Oh, Berea, for that matter. And <laughs> nice. As you should. It was sunny on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, my nose got sunburned, so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, man. Awesome. So, speaking of Berea, let's go right into the Cleveland Browns, man. Uh, word out of Berea this week. Running back Jerome Ford is considered week-to-week with a hamstring injury. Uh, Ford's expected to be the Browns' backup running back to this year to Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Now, I need to ask you guys. Give what government in, name. What in, <laughs> oh, yeah, I dropped Nicholas Jamal Chubb's full name. I love him so much. He deserves a full name. But, yeah, uh, how do you guys see Ford's potential absence potentially impacting this team? Um, I think that it could lead to bringing someone in. Oh, it Spoiler alert, it did. Oh. It did. Jordan Wilkins. He's a, he's a career journeyman. Uh, uh, he's probably not making the 53. Uh, Ford, I mean, it doesn't sound like he's going to be sidelined deep into the year, if into the year at all, but... I was hoping it meant bringing in someone like Ezekiel Elliott. No. No. You don't want Ezekiel Elliott? No, dude. Why? Maybe like... Eight years ago, I did. I don't get why you guys, like, I don't get why everyone has this agenda against Ezekiel Elliott. Because he's not good anymore. But what makes you think that? Like, what does he not do? What does he not do? The Cowboys didn't trust him to play running back. His last play as a Cowboy, he played center. Okay, I don't (laughs) think they didn't trust him. No, no, I'm just, I'm not dead. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. But I just think that Ezekiel Elliott would be a good alternate option. He, of course, he doesn't have to take, like, 20 carries a game. But I think as when Chubb, because when Chubb goes down right now and we don't have Jerome Ford, are we going to, like, hop on the Demetric Felton train? Well, so that point exactly, it brought up, like, my main point of this, that if we notice the absence, something's gone terribly wrong. Because if we notice Ford's absence, it means Nick Chubb's absent. Yeah. Right, and we can't wait. Like, we can't is, wait yeah. to have the problem. we got to be on top of it. Bring in a Zeke. Bring in a Dalvin Cook. Bring in... And I don't think they'll have the funds to bring in Dalvin Cook. I, Dude, I don't think but. he gets more than $4 million. I'm, I think they do. I don't think he gets money, man. I think he's... <laughs> I think he's asking for a lot more, and that's probably why he's visiting and leaving without deals like Kareem Hunt is. Dude, he's a running back. He has no leverage. At all. But it's like despicable. In terms of money, we have no money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just hope that they don't rush Ford back on the field because yeah. that could lead to further injury, prolonging his return, and causing even more issues behind the scenes with this position. Yeah, he's our kick returner, too, at least. At least was for the bulk mm-hmm. of last season. So, right, And sticking with uh, injuries, uh, defensive ends Alex Wright and Isaiah McGuire both had their knees scoped this week and will be sidelined until early into the regular season. Uh, so my kind of question to you guys is, I know it's kind of open-ended, but like, how would you make up for this production per se you know if you were on the coaching staff or in the front office yeah it's really tough because those are the depth pieces they are supposed to be the solution Mm -hmm. to a problem that could occur Mm -hmm. so now it's kind of like 
we got Miles, we got Zadarius, yeah, Oboe, we got, we got Oboe, Dalvin, and after that, like as far as edge rushers, we don't have many options anymore. Well, it's, yeah. it's also like not like a, like, it's not really a problem yet because like Oboe is your DN number three. Yeah, like that's that's great. Depth. It's a good problem yeah. to have. What you just said, it's not a problem yet. I think our first game is going to show where our problems lie, and at that point, I don't know if it's a change of players or change of positions, but maybe change of the playbook. See what plays we're going to be running mm-hmm. to fix See, that problem. With that, I I understand the point you're making. I want to disagree adamantly because the Bengals are the one team we always beat, mm. and that's because their strengths fall into ours. So, like, the Bengals, they're built to throw the ball outside the numbers. Mm-hmm. We have the one of the best secondaries in the league. That's why we, like, kind of negate Burrow. They don't have a good O-line. Mm-hmm. We have Miles Garrett. So, like, that kind of, impl- like, you know, he, he gets home. Yeah. But the Bengals, man, like, we had one of the worst interior D-lines in the league last year. The Bengals just did not run the ball inside, and they're just afraid to do that. So I really, again, I think early on... I get your point. Early on, you're 100% correct. Bengals specifically... Week one isn't. Yeah, but I think by, like... After week four, when they go in the bye week after playing Pittsburgh, yeah, Tennessee, well, and Baltimore I've been, right after I've that. I've been saying the first four weeks are the most important because we have three division games. Thing, if you start two and two, but you're two and one in the division, you're fine. That's true. If I you agree. start two and two, but you're one and three in the division, that's a problem. Yeah. If you don't have a division win, yeah, yeah, you're you're done. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Sticking with the doom and gloom, <laughs> linebacker Jacob Phillips has also tore his peck in Friday night's preseason game and is out for the year. Uh, is this linebacker room something that worries you? 1,000%. I was about to say, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not good when your backups are hurt and your two starters inside, Taki Taki and Anthony Walker, are both coming off major lower body injuries. And JOK already struggles with tackling. Jay, yeah, the, the Browns just... Their linebackers never seem to just be alive. <laughs> like they just, they just get hurt. Yeah, and a peck injury is nothing to scoff at. Well, here's the thing, man. He missed up until I think week 13 last year with a bicep injury. Yeah. Like he tore his bicep. Like he's missed a lot of time. Like I don't think he's played more than like eight games in a season. He might be done after this year in Cleveland. I don't think he'll be resigned. No. But yeah, it's. It's a common problem with these linebackers staying healthy, and then I think the struggles that they have sometimes override the strengths that they have. Like, Mm. Anthony Walker is a great tackler that struggles being consistent and in coverage. And, you know, JOK is pretty good in coverage, but... What what big role does JOK play for us? No, I get that completely. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a pick that everyone called a steal and then he came in here and didn't do much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I kinda get that. But all right. We'll segue again before before we talk about the preseason game and get into some of the audio we have. Uh the Browns signed defensive tackle Shelby Harris to a one year five million dollar deal. Now I gotta ask guys, it's my favorite saying. Are we back? <laughs> we are back. We are so back. The defense He's is fixed. The cycle. He's <laughs> Here he goes. I am. I am. Bil- I am digging Joe Burrow's hypothetical tombstone now. Because week one, man, Shelby Harris, Dalvin Tomlinson, Miles Adarius, Oboe. Oh yeah, he's not. Oh. I I would just ask you to no okay <laughs> no sorry keep going go ahead and ask me I'll, I'll I'll get serious again yeah uh, being a Seahawks fan okay 
you know, it's a well-known fact at this point. Yes. And we just had Shelby Harris. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get many pass rush positives from Shelby Harris That's at fine. this point in his career. I don't need him to be a pass rusher. I just need him to not be a human turnstile at the nose tackle position like Tommy Togiai was. It's it's a toss-up. And I'm telling you from watching him... Can he be worse than Jordan Elliott or Tommy Togiai? No. Okay. So we automatically got better. That's yeah. all that... Okay. End of discussion. We're just, we are back. We are back again. We never left, actually. Perfect logic. Here we, we go. We never left. <laughs> You see this thing that perfectly proves my point? We're looking at that. <laughs> Nothing else. Only that. Yeah. No, we, we, that. we are only looking at complete <laughs> optimal scenario. There's no such thing as negativity now. Negativity doesn't exist until October in Cleveland. Mm. Oh, okay, but yes. Let's get, let's, let's get into uh, the Cleveland Browns' Friday night preseason game against the Washington Commanders. Now, we have some audio from a quarterback to Sean Watson about you know what – he was expecting to get out of this first preseason game. Uh, hopefully I can find the right clip. I think I have it, Logan. I think I have the right one. It's the one labeled not always good, but not always bad. Yes. Okay. Here's Brown's starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, on what to expect out of Friday night's preseason game. Uh, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I just know I'm starting it off. Um, and we'll see how you know, the big same really just getting operational with the feel of, you know, pregame and, and starting off the game and just kind of get myself back in and routine to get ready for the season. Uh, it's everything. You just got to get that routine again. You know, you just got to start fresh, get back to the basis of how you get yourself prepared for the game, mentally, physically, and uh, just really just operational for the team so we can go out there and be sharp. It could be, but I feel like every day is a, is a learning lesson for myself, regardless if it was good or if it wasn't good. You know, I always try to look at one to film, you know, with the mindset that, you know, everything is not always great and you know, everything is not always bad. It's always right in the middle. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of success in the field that we had the other day in the rain, but also there was some, you know, little small things that we had to that was Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson on what to expect from his preseason performance Friday night. Now, with the power of hindsight, uh, I want to ask you guys, what did you think of Deshaun Watson's performance Friday night? Mitch, I'll throw it to you first. You were there for the action. Yeah, I was there. It wasn't the best experience as far as a football yeah, game. It was rain delay. Dude, all right, so I want to say I'm sorry. I did not know it was raining. Uh as, just for the context of this, like I'm a season ticket holder. I could not go to the game because I had to take the law school admissions test that day. So Mitch was kind enough to take my tickets because I didn't want to put them on StubHub for $2. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rather let my friends have a fun experience, hopefully, than make $4. Mitch, I'm sorry you got caught in a monsoon. It doesn't sound like I, I, my, I did not know it was going to tsunami. Um, so I would have put them on StubHub for $2 yeah. if I knew. It was crazy. I'm but. sorry. <laughs> Yeah, either way, uh, you get to see football, so it's fine. But, yeah, as far as preseason goes, I don't hold preseason games in very high regard because I've seen one side where they'll have great preseasons and then do nothing in the regular season. Case in point, literally Deshaun Kaiser. Literally Deshaun Kaiser. He, we won nothing, literally nothing, but he was phenomenal in the preseason. I remember he ran mm -hmm. over Blake Martinez. He put his head down. It's like, crazy. <laughs> Then he went 0-16. But, yeah, we've seen the other side, too, where you can have a terrible preseason and then have an amazing regular season. Case in point, Jamar Chase. Yes. Where he had the drop season in the preseason and Everyone's I like, traded him away in fantasy. 
and oh boy, <laughs> when he won when he won rookie of the year with sixteen hundred yards. <laughs> Let's just oh, skip past. You that. traded away a fantasy league title, Mitch. How's uh, that feel? Yeah, I still haven't won one yet. Nice, but yeah, there's always I, this I just year. Get it, just got started. Yeah. And I'm in the WZIP league this year, so I think I got one. But hey, I'm the defending champion. Uh, that is true. Now look, it was a, it was a cupcake title. It's just Jake <laughs> had no, no, no. Jake had Jamar. Jake had Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs playing, uh, but the Demar Hamlin thing happened. Yeah. So you uh, so he just he didn't get points. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I, don't, I don't I'm not going to gloat about that one. Uh, but yeah. But, all right. Anyway, but back to Deshaun Watson, I think. There was not much to take away, I guess. He went three for three for 12 yards. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had 20 rushing yards as well for scrambling. I just think the only thing you can say was he looked comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to, like, nitpick his mechanics too much or anything because last year every pass just seemed to be hitting the turf. Uh, But he looked... Like, he looked calm. He looked comfortable. There were no real shot plays or anything. Just a couple quick game stuff. Scrambling. Pocket presence looked fine. Uh, So, again... Comfortable. It's all you can take away. I think it's cause for like subtle optimism, I guess, but like don't know if there's too much to gain from it. Uh but you know, I want to ask ask you guys this. If Deshaun Watson's back, like do we trust the wide receiver room particularly? Because, you know, Marquise Goodwin might be out for a while and everything like that. Cedric Tillman's gonna be a big piece and he's a rookie. Uh, your guys' thoughts on the receiving room before we get into some co- uh, audio from wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea. Yeah, I'm a bit uh, optimistic for uh, this, this side of the Browns. I just, my thing, especially with rookies, like you mentioned, is it can go 50 50. Yeah. They could have an amazing college career and flounder in, on the big stage, or they could be a sleeper pick and become a megastar. No, I agree with that completely. And, you know, you're bringing up Cedric Tillman right now. I think that's a perfect segue. I'm going to get into uh, Browns wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea and his comments on rookie wide receiver uh, Cedric Tillman. And here's Coach O'Shea. Yeah, I, Cedric is, uh, as all rookies, uh, Cedric has experienced the challenges of being a rookie. Uh, not only learning the offense, but just learning how to be a professional. But Cedric, uh, we've been very pleased with the way he has come out here and worked. He's really been very coachable. Uh, not only has he been coachable, but he's really taken some of the veteran uh, leadership that we have and really uh, taken advantage of that. And we have such a strong room as far as the character of the group. I mean, I can't say enough about our receiving group at the Cleveland Browns has very strong character, very strong work ethic and traits. And it's a great example for him. And I think he's looked left and looked right. And he's had great examples uh, to kind of lead him down the right path. His size really stands out. What else about his skill set do you like? Yeah, I mean, the things that jump out is his size, his physical play, and then his ball skills are exceptional. So if he can play to his ball skills, which are exceptional, and his size, uh, that's going to be something that he can create his role and and play for us that way. That was Cleveland Browns wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea on rookie wide receiver Cedric Tillman. Now, I think that was a lot of positive to take away, both bringing up... uh, just his influences and just how his, like his ball tracking ability, him being you know six six three six Absolutely. four, uh, you know that's very high praise from somebody that's been around the league for a while. He's been a head coaching candidate, has been an offensive coordinator for a while. Like Chad O'Shea knows good wide receivers when he sees one, yeah. so that's I I reason for confidence. Absolutely reason for confidence, and um, you know sometimes you have people giving high praise, and it's just because they want to. 
It's because it's they have to. Yes. Yes. But I do not think that's the situation here. The things he's saying is stuff we've heard him say about amazing talent before. And mm-hmm. so it, it definitely gives you a lot of optimism and a lot of hope uh, for this season. There's yeah. a lot of people that want to see someone replace Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. I'm one of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, I don't necessarily think it's that bad. I don't hate DPJ. I just... I- I just think he's like just too stiff. So like quite you, literally, like he doesn't move well. Mm. So you would prefer Cedric on the outside? I not right now. I think next year I would prefer a more fluid Cedric Tillman playing outside. Yes, gotcha. But yeah, uh, speaking of a guy I don't want to see playing anywhere, uh, <laughs> he's been kind of like the dead horse of Browns camp. It's Anthony Schwartz. Uh, to say he's had a rough start to his career is putting it. Uh, it's underselling it completely. Uh, just a really you know, rough time. He took a lot of blame for being the reason Baker Mayfield tore his labrum. Just hasn't been able to stay healthy on the field and has had drop issues. Uh, here's Browns wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea again, this time on wide receiver Anthony Schwartz. The one thing about Anthony is we know he's, he's had some tough times along the way since he's been here in Cleveland, and he's been resilient. He really has, you know, and that's one of the things that I think he's had to learn how to do is to bounce back from maybe some adversity. So that's the good part is he's been through some adversity. He's already had some adversity this camp with injuries and maybe not being as consistent on the field as he wants to be. But, you know, we have confidence that he's going to go out there and know what to do. He's going to play fast, and he's another guy that's just so coachable. Uh, he's a great person. He works extremely hard at catching the ball. And at the end of the day, we need to catch the ball, and he knows that. And I just can't say enough about how he approaches uh, from a preparation standpoint. He's just been very professional like our entire group has been. So uh, I'm just proud of Anthony for, despite some bumps along the way, to just keep working through it. Uh, positive words from Coach O'Shea. It really just seems like Anthony Schwartz is, all in all, a great person that just hasn't been able to put it together in the National Football League. I mean, that is no vice of him, like nothing about his character. From everything Coach O'Shea said, he seemed to be a great human being. Uh, His speed, if he can get it together, could be a huge difference breaker for this team, but it just doesn't seem like he's a good fit for the 2023 Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's the take on all the players that, well, not all of them, but a great deal of them that we have some negative things to say about their play it's never about their character or them as a person Mm -hmm. unless we specify that because i'm sure he's a great guy all those things but as far as a football player for the cleveland browns it doesn't seem like it's necessary or that it's working out yeah and it could be time to put that on the back burner yeah i think it's unfortunate because he has legit 4-2 speed ah but again just has not worked out ah but Let's talk about, like, speaking of working out, the Browns offense, obviously. Uh, it's going to be completely different this year with 17 games of Deshaun Watson. So, in both, like, as technical as you guys want to get, what do you expect just the 2023 Cleveland Browns offense to look like? Just as, as broad or as specific as you want. Like, what are you looking for out of the Cleveland Browns offense this season? I mean, I'm looking for a hard-hitting just go for it kind of attitude you know a lot of uh 
a lot of the time we see some teams' offense kind of, you know, they get the ball to the QB and it takes a second. Like, they're, it, it kind of feels like they're still planning what play they're going to run. I want them to be aggressive, just going straight at the, the defensive line, pushing through them, getting the plays, making their moments, and just really rocking the other team, yeah. getting early points. Just the, the, the biggest word is aggression. Okay, fair enough. I think we got the O-line for that specifically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nick Chubb, too. Like, mm-hmm. Very well could see that. I would love to see the wide receivers be as physical as, you know, the f- guys up front, too. Mitch, from you. Yeah, the reason I wanted to add into this running game is because I want them to be a pound-the-ball-style offense. And you don't see a lot of those in the league today. Mm-hmm. You see it, like, in Tennessee and places like that. But I think... I don't want to overwork Nick Chubb. I'm aware that yeah. Nick Chubb is a top three running back in the NFL in on any terms. But overworking him is – we've seen it happen to a lot of great running backs where they just get overworked and they're never the same. Yeah. And if you had brought in Ezekiel Elliott and took some of the pressure Speaking of overworked him, guy that's not the same. Okay, but <laughs> look, if, I, all you need is a body there. and Yeah. I don't want to overpressure Deshaun Watson because, like you mentioned earlier, last season he didn't look comfortable. Yeah. I think he still has the talent, the ability, the mindset for it. I just don't think he was comfortable yet. And it was basically Jacoby's season, and he kind of yeah. came in and tried to pick up scraps. When Deshaun came in, it was kind of like, okay, here's a lot of things we did with Jacoby, but hey, just pick and choose like five things you want to run. Like there was mm-hmm. no clear, yeah. like there was no like cohesiveness to mm-hmm. it at all. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, when your quarterback comes in with the last six games of the year, like there's not much you can do. There's there. no, there's no such thing as cohesion at that point. There's so much expectation on him too, because oh, yeah. you're the guy that oh, took yeah. the Texans to the playoffs, and you're the guy who was national champion at Clemson. Like there's so much. You're the guy that got this massive contract, and we traded away our whole future for. Yeah. Literally, we like put all our chips in on Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah. And uh, another guy we're putting a lot of chips on is new defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. Mm. Uh, you know his defense is implementing the wide nine here in Cleveland. He's going to let. I mean, he's got one heck of a front four up there with Miles Adarius, uh, Shelby Harris, and Dalvin Tomlinson and Obo Okoronkwo. Uh, speaking of Obo Okoronkwo, here are his comments on playing in Jim Schwartz's defense and playing with Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. It's a ton of fun, you know. It's almost like sometimes you think like, 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 do I have too much freedom? You know, <laughs> you know, you get to just like, just play at your best, you know, to do all the things that just accentuates like your skill sets the best. So it's gonna be fun. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's a special group, you know. Uh, just playing with those guys, uh, seeing how they rush the passer, they, I see how I rush the passer and how it all meshes. It's been really cool to see, you know, um, and also getting to learn from those guys. They've had a lot of success in this league, so uh, anything, any tidbits they can give me, I'm listening. Yeah, those that was very high praise from defensive end Obo Okoronkwo. I mean, he's been he's a Super Bowl champion, one with the Rams, played with the Texans last year. You know, he's he's been in several systems already. He's learned a lot. Uh, very high praise from someone that's played alongside Aaron Donald as to what he's uh, getting with Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. So, any takeaways from your guys' thoughts? Any takeaways from Obo's <laughs> comments on playing in Jim Schwartz's defense and playing with, as he described? Freedom. Well, yeah, it's exciting for the defense as a whole, not just him, but also Zadarius and Miles especially. I think there's a lot of focus on Miles as far as you're the top five defensive player in the entirety of the NFL. Yes. And him playing with more freedom and a better system that should benefit him more 
should launch him to defensive player of the year conversations, I think. Oh, yeah. And, like, just watching the front four specifically uh, Friday night, uh, their starting four was Oboe, Zadarius, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Jordan Elliott. Mm-hmm. Dude, they got after Sam Howell. They only played that first series. They made his life miserable. Dalvin Tomlinson getting interior pressure. Oboe's first play is, as a, in a Browns uniform was a hurry. Zadarius looks almost unblockable. He was held in the end zone for that safety. Like He's so good. Man, dude. I, I hate to say this again as a Browns fan. This is like my big vice. Like when I say, on paper, it's over. It's, we're not back anymore. It's over. <laughs> on paper, man. This is one of the. This is probably the best Browns defense I've seen in my life. Yeah, wow. but like, but, but can they stay healthy? Can That's, the defensive coordinator work out? Can they be? Can they be top twelve in this league? Because all you need to make the playoffs is just not even top ten, not elite, just not terrible, just not the <laughs> worst in the league at like almost every category. Yeah, like, ah, uh, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> it's screaming improvement, though. It is. It's, I think it looks better than last season on like almost every single aspect. I understand that, but again, like it's not saying much. Like Jordan Elliott and Perry on Winfrey <laughs> were your starters week one against the Panthers. Like, oh, there's just I, I have so much concern. I don't even have like optimism for this season, just anxiety because there's so <laughs> many there's so many unknowns. Yeah. Is our is our quarter billion dollar quarterback? Going to get back to form. Like, mm-hmm. the reason you literally sold your soul for him. And, like, is your defense going to play up to their potential? And so, one last question before we end the show, guys. Everyone's favorite, your Cleveland Browns record prediction. We got two minutes, so you just want to rapid fire yeah. them, man. Uh, so, my record is going to stay the same as it was earlier this summer when we predicted it. Yeah. I'm going to stick with 11-6. and six. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, uh, eleven and six, I think, is very optimistic. Mm-hmm. Again, I can also see where you're going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I would go down one game. Oh, okay. Maybe ten and seven because I did go through their schedule actually a couple days ago, and there's a lot of games on that schedule they should win. Yes, they should. Yes, but that doesn't the mean they, they should win it. Uh, anyways. All right, I'll do a floor ceiling and an actual one. I'll say it with my chest. My floor for this team, eight and nine, finishing Reasonable. last. Floor? My my floor is eight and nine. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> my ceiling, my ceiling's eleven and six, but okay. they still don't win the division if that happens. And what I'm going to predict, I'll predict ten and seven, finishing second in the AFC North. It's reasonable. Yeah, but guys. That's going to conclude today's spontaneously put together episode of Sports Power Talk. All of us were beyond busy this week. We were kind of just begged by Logan, hey, do a show, please. And we did a show. And we did a show. <laughs> we had microphone static. We could not focus on anything. It was, it was an experiment. Uh, any final thoughts? Birthday boy, you got 35 seconds. Michigan is winning everything. Okay. All right. Mitch, birthday boy is uh, being a wackadoodle. Yeah. Uh, Why did you give him time? Because it was his birthday. That's my gift to him. Uh, 25 seconds. Go. Yeah. Well, uh, Seattle Seahawks, as always, uh, NFL champions will win the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, we're going to see you in the Super Bowl. Brown Seahawks Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah.